Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale, Season 1, Episode 8, it's called Jezebel's, full spoilers for the episode as always. So we're in this little, this trend right now where we had five episodes that were strictly all offered backstory and point of view and we've had this little trilogy, it could become more than a trilogy but right now we're you know, we've bounced, we had, we had a Serena Joy episode with flashbacks, we had the episode that was just nothing but Luke, and then we've had this episode which was uh, next flashbacks. Yeah, I'd, I'd expect it to continue at least one more. I'd say, I could, I'd say I could see the ten, so that, you know, you have the five and the five, mm. but I, I feel like they might want to have the, the last episode of the season from Factor. her again. Possibly, but at the same time, there's, there's two characters I could see having their flashbacks still. Oh, it's two. Well, I think obviously you think of the commander. You think, oh, maybe we'll get his side of the the build up. The other one I think is extremely possible is much like next we might get a Moira kind of focus. Moira, side. I can definitely see the commander. I'm not sure we need because we see a lot of it through Joy and through Nick. Uh, that's fair. Uh, it, it just it feels like he's the final main character who we have around all the time that we've not had this th- this devotion. Yeah, yeah, of an episode. Um, now, admittedly, maybe the whole idea is, is that we're not meant to feel things from his point of view, so maybe we should never get his. Whereas everyone else is sympathetic to a degree. Uh, yeah. In some some way, obviously v- varying degrees of it, but whereas he, of course, feels more more, especially after this episode, even more slimy and villainous yeah. and less less of an actual person. And finally, commander, definitely a military position. Uh, yeah, uh, what did they call it again? The something sparrows. Uh, yeah, the, the, the name of their, their, their group, their uprising. They had the name. Oh, uh, I forgot uh, it. Was that Sons of Jacob? Sons of Jacob. Why did I think Sparrow? Where did yeah. I get Sparrow from? <laughs> Sons of Jacob. Sure. Sons of Jacob. Yeah, it was Sons of Jacob. Yeah. Um, so now we have an episode for well, obviously all all from his point of view, but Nick had the flashbacks and. Uh, they actually mirrored what was going on in the the, the present day story uh, quite well, uh, and the mm-hmm. present day story, of course, was that we see that uh, Offred and him sleeping together in his place, you know, above the the garage, has become a normal thing. It's become something they they're doing on a regular basis, and Offred is talking about how it's like, oh, she, she can, oh, I can say this is rebellious, this is me fighting back, but it's really just it makes me feel better, and it's, it feels good. So, uh, again, it makes her feel like. As much as she is this victim, she also has weaknesses, and this is sort yeah, of given she, in. She's still a, a flawed character to some yeah. degree because she even mentions how she kind of feels guilty because she knows Luke's alive, but and she, she's got this here. And, and she even mentions that, like, as time goes on, like she's forgetting, forgetting him almost, like what he looks like, how he feels, what it's mm. like to interact with him, those kind of things. Like they're kind of fading memories at this point, uh, and you know, it's three years without seeing him. I can, I can buy that we're, she's getting to that stage. Yeah. Uh, like if you were just in like regular present day, if if you were in a married couple and you know one of the one of them died, you know you think about three years sounds like the kind of time where they might start dating again. And yeah, time has passed. E- e- even in this one where she might actively try and I mean, there's there's two ways to see. She'd try and remember him because it was like, no, this is what I had, this is what I've lost. Mm. Or she'd try and forget because it's easier not to think about it. Yeah, I can get that side. So I'm, I'm not sure which way she'd go, but I can see either way. It almost feels like she's just by, just just by the way it's worked out. She, it's almost like she's been forced into the second one because she is starting to forget. 
Mm. Um, it doesn't seem like she willingly made that choice, but now that it's kind of already started, that maybe this is the easier path to take. Uh, yeah. And we say she's a flawed character. She's flawed in a in a human way, not in a she's part villain <laughs> kind of. You know, like sometimes when you're talking about characters, you, when you yeah. say they're flawed, you mean they have a dark side. They, 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 in this but, case, it's just they have faults. They're yeah. not perfect. Exactly. So uh, we set that up. But the, the, the plot of this one is that the commander is in her room, which we've never seen before. Not not without uh, Joy being there, mm. of course. And he gives her makeup, he gives her a dress and heels, and he's taking her somewhere for the night. Uh, probably my favourite thing about that whole, the, the, you know, the, the putting the makeup on scene is just how creepy he looked holding up that mirror. The, the, the way the, the depth of field was shifting between the mirror her reflection and his face and his like sort of creepy smile it was just perfect no that was good for me i think it was when he was uh shaving her legs and she's like he's good at this done it before Shit, he's done this before yeah which is really yeah. neat of course because it remain it, it puts that in our heads and then later on in the flashbacks we see the the sort of the end result of the previous maid the handmaid yeah um, but it, it works well because it's that moment of realization for her and a moment of reminding for us yeah uh, and it sets it up nicely for, for that later scene, um, and I, we don't actually find out much about the the previous hand, even though we see like you know her hanging there, we see them getting rid of the body, but we don't really see. You know, you assume that maybe we don't need to because it is the same kind of thing that we're seeing. Yeah, with that, that's the assumption. Uh, if there is more to it, though, I could see is getting a a hand like her, like she'd get the flashbacks almost, even though she's not in present day. Like we, I could see that being an episode at some point, possibly. Yeah, if if we do get flashbacks with the commander that's when i expect we'll see that relationship and see if there were any differences and maybe maybe actually that would be a very good reason to do a commander flashback is if that's the story they need to tell yeah show us obviously he he's like oh i did this and then she she hanged herself and maybe show us what he did that was different this time yeah and it's uh, to prevent that and joy seems to be in on whatever he did because she says to him as they're taking the body away what did you think would happen yeah uh, she seems to be in on this, and maybe that's why he's being so secretive this time. He, he's making sure she doesn't know, mm. uh, perhaps. But uh, and then there's the other thing is that she so she puts on the dress and she puts on the high heels and she comes out, and he's like, "Oh, you you look beautiful." And all I can see when the camera's like on her uh, is is just uncomfortable. You know, her un- her uncomfort of the whole thing. Like she's almost can barely walk because she yeah, feels she's- so just out of it like it doesn't feel real it feels like a weird nightmare yeah yeah that and the idea that she's probably forgotten how to walk in heels <laughs> yeah probably uh but then the and also i like about this is that it at least for most of the scene when it's showing her it's on a wide shot uh sort mm. of over his shoulder and i like the idea that she feels little it's not a close-up because we're not in our head here we're noticing how small she feels in the world right now. So it's this wide shot, and she's just alone in the centre of it. Except him, of course, who's who's there. And obviously, this kind of starts off the whole idea. That, but the big theme from this episode that I really like hit home with me was uh, the hypocrisy of all this. Yeah. Uh, like, we've got all these rules. Women aren't allowed to do this. They're not allowed to do that. But here he is giving her things she's not meant to have for his own pleasure, his own amusement. Yeah, and it kind of seems like... like- that's the the obviously he was quite high up in this organization we learned that he was kind of instrumental in he implementing of the, all this uh, yeah at least from what we see he's one of the, the three or four top people in the whole thing yeah but it kind of seems like everyone breaks these rules like 
at that level, even though they've instigated these rules for a reason, they're all breaking them. Again, the hypocrisy, like, they, they know yeah. fine well, or they want to have their prostitutes and their booze and, like, all these things, they don't want to give any of it up, but they're making everyone else give it up because they see yeah. themselves as more important. It's just the, the idea of power. I think the scene that really uh, does that for me, so they're in the car, and they make make offer to put on the, the green hood, you know, the, the wife outfit, and, you know, as far as you're concerned, tonight you're your you know Serena, your Mrs. Winterford, and or Waterford, is it Waterford or Winterford? Waterford. Waterford. There you go. Uh, and they take her in the car, and obviously the whole thing is awkward for Nick. Nick. Nick's watching this. He's seen her in the dress. He's he's there to take them to this place where he knows where they're going. You know, what we find out later, it's basically like a a, a fancy whorehouse and a hotel uh, kind of idea. Pretty much. And, he knows where they're going and they're, they're, they're driving. And the scene while they're driving, it cuts to a flashback. Obviously, we had the first flashback where we see how he sort of becomes part of the organisation, which leads to him becoming an eye because he's uh, with this guy Price. He can't get a job. He's down out in his luck. And Price kind of recruits him into this. And that's kind of the path that sets him on this. And we see that he's the driver uh, for the commander. Uh, and it sort of shows how they first meet. But it cuts to this scene in him, and he's driving the car. And Price, Commander, and this other commander are in the back seat, and they're talking about the initial ideas. Oh, this is what we should do. We should have the handmaids. Oh, uh, we, we can't call it... Uh, well, I can't remember what they called it. First the thing. event. The event, yeah. For for branding, we should have something a bit more religious. It's like the ceremony. Oh, the sit- and, first of all, it's just fascinating to see them, th- you know, like just think about this like what was their thought process when they were yeah this? it's really interesting because we're supposed to believe they're this religious organization and mm. but but they're thinking about like a business yeah it's, they're, 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 it's, it's marketing and branding yeah it, honestly as an atheist i kind of think of religion in that those terms a lot of the time myself anyway organized religion sure yeah yeah um Oh yeah, I'm not saying every single person who goes to church yeah. is thinking about it. Oh, I'm part of a business. But, but the the, the organisation yeah. of the religion yeah. itself. You're, yeah. you're selling a product. You're selling a uh, and yeah. no offence to anyone, but you're selling a lie almost to an extent. Is uh, mm. how, how you might want to interpret it. And I, I think like so they're they're selling this, and you know that that third guy, the little commander, who's saying, "Oh, we should round all the the fertile women up and uh, impregnate them." So you're talking about concubines. I don't care what you call. It just dismisses it. Like the the idea that these are these people are human beings that should mm. have any say in this. He just dismisses it outright, and it's just this hypocrisy. But in this scene, they're talking about how important it is for everything, and they they leave the car, and it's just our commander with with Nick in the seat, and he starts talking to Nick. He's like, "Oh, how are you? Who, 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 what's your name?" And they sort of they kind of make a small talk, and then he asks them, "Like, do, what do you think of all this that's going on?" Like. Uh, and they specifically talk about uh, like not getting close to the you know the, the fertile woman. It's like, do you, who do you think that benefits? He's like, you think, oh, it benefits everyone. And Nick, you perhaps maybe thinks even believes that at this point, like he is kind of in this world. He is a proponent of this new world that's coming. Yeah. Um, but then it comes back to present day, and he's driving the car whilst the commander is completely betraying everything he was saying in that previous scene. And it just it completely yeah. shows the, again the, the word hypocrisy. I'm going to use that a lot in this episode because everything felt like it was showing the bullshit he says and this, the bullshit all these other powerful men say, and then what they're actually doing behind the scenes. Where they, uh, yeah, I think that moment applies to Nick as well. Like, obviously, he's yeah. looking back and going, he's got this attachment to our Fred now as well. Yeah, and it, it, even just on a non hypocrisy level, it just like maybe that's him realizing his own bullshit, like, mm. or or maybe even it's like. 
yeah, I, I don't want to get close to people because they always end up hurting me. And he is, and right now he's hurting because he's he's watching off for who he now cares about with him. I think it's more. I think it's more. He knows he, even at the time in the flashbacks, he knew what they were doing was wrong, but mm. it's it's the idea that he doesn't have to feel guilty if he cares about someone because he can just ignore them. Oh, they're, yeah. they're the faceless masses. That. But if he's got a personal connection with someone, he will feel guilty because he knows it's wrong. Yeah, and it's not. It's, yeah, you see the guilt on him. You see the jealousy on him. You see a lot of things on his face in this episode. He, he goes through a world every every time he's opening the door for them to get out of the car to get in the car. He's standing with them in the elevator. Uh, there's that great moment when they eventually get out of the car and they they go up. It's when they come out the elevator and uh, uh, the commander's giving her the earrings and he's like, "Oh, it doesn't she look beautiful?" And he's like, "Yes, commander." And the the shot's perfect because the commander's in between the two of them. Like they're they're, yeah. they're, they're they're situated where the commander's literally in the middle of them. He's the block in the center, and it's kind of perfect just the way they've set it up. Just just something I noticed there as he was doing the earrings. You know, he mm. moves a hair from behind her. Has she got a tag on the top here, like a number on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never noticed that before. Oh yeah, but I think we've seen it once or twice. Yeah, they've all, all the. I, I don't think I ever noticed it. Even though, because you know, they typically have the hair or the the, the, the white yeah. hats. It's it's basically the uh, the barcode. Yeah, yeah, it's a like serial will. number. Yeah, uh, I just, I'd, I'd never noticed it before. I mean, but it's just just on the ear. Yeah. Um, also, also, uh, not only what I point out in the car actually is, is uh, at one point she's you know she's staring out the window, she's looking around because she's never really seen this place at night, you know, not in years anyway, and we see the checkpoints and all the rest of it, and. He, he says, oh, I thought you, you're you not enjoying yourself. And it's almost like, oh, he thinks he's giving her a treat by letting her come outside. It's, it's again, it's this, you know, master and dog mentality that he seems to have with her. Yeah, and he talks about how, you know, the the checkpoint where even she's not allowed through. Mm. And he goes, oh, it's dangerous, but that's that's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah, that's the excitement, like. Yeah. But at the same time, he knows that if, if this goes down, it's, it'll be her it's, more it's than him. It's her that gets in trouble, yeah. Yeah. To a point, I mean, we do have that one scene with the eyes where the, the other commander gets into trouble because he's doing something he's not meant to be. Uh, and we see that the eye, like the, the, the non-uniformed eye, you know, the civvy undercover eyes, yeah. are more for almost spying on the commanders to make sure they're maintaining the law they're supposed to be part of. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. It's also interesting that Nick seems to be reporting very little of anything Right well, now. I think that I think that's clearly because he knows if he reports mm. it, they take Offred away, and he doesn't want to lose it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so no, that whole scene was great, tense, everything about it, uncomfortably, and again, it does that great thing where you feel like you're in her head the entire time. You feel her uncomf un- her uncomfort throughout the whole thing. Uh, so obviously it's because before they actually go in I was kind of getting a sense of what the place was going to be it's going to be this place where a lot of the commanders either bring their handmaids like this or there is hookers that kind of thing it's going to be their them, them getting away with everything they're telling everyone else they're not supposed to have yeah. and sure enough it is and it, it, they actually uh, confirmed the opposite of what I was thinking here later on but for a second I thought wait is this because it was when they go to the bar and she says oh who are these people and he describes all the men and she's like no 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 the, the women who, who, who are they it's like oh this is people who uh, couldn't adapt to the new lifestyle there's a lawyer over there there's you know so on and so forth and I was like oh wait is this the colony like is the colony this myth that it's like this death place but it's actually like you turn into a prostitute Mm. in secret now we find out later on of course that it's actually they both exist they're given a choice you either go to the colony or you come here and be a Jezebel which is what they what they call it um, hence the name of the episode um, and it, but as soon as the, the, this conversation was going I was like 
I know who we're going to see at some point yeah. in a minute. And it happened within a few minutes, actually. It was very quickly. But I was like, we're going to see Moira. Moira's here. It just mm. made too much sense to not have her here. Uh, and sure enough, she, she was there. And they, there's that great moment where they catch each other's eyes and they see each other. And Moira gets up to go to the bathroom and you can sort of tell that's what she's doing. And, you know, a minute later, Offred does the same thing. She's like, I need to go to the bathroom. And she's making with the nice and she's doing all the rest of it. And... um they meet up in the bathroom and uh, she's like come see me later we don't have much time because we see even here that they have some strict rules because uh, yeah. the woman comes in and says to her no you need to go back outside like you know the rules um, even though they are like they drink and stuff like that there is still some restrictions on... basically yeah you got to be on the shop floor so to speak Ex- exactly d- d- yeah. during business hours yeah yeah, as, as, as she says later it's all the booze she wants but like she has to night, work, work nights as she puts it yeah um so no, and uh, before we move on to that, I just will mention the scene with Nick. Nick has a regular partner that he's been seeing because we see him exchange stuff with uh, this woman who works at this place. Uh, he gives her some drugs. She gives him some uh, other stuff. I can't remember what she gave him now, but she gave him various yeah. supplies. Uh, and she she goes in to make a move, and it's very familiar. Even his responses are not not this time, not not tonight. And you get the sense that even he, much like Offred, feels like there's cheating going on. Although he has the, he almost has the the extra benefit of being able to say, "No, I'm breaking this off because I care about someone else." Yeah, he has that choice. I mean, I mean, it's the same idea that he's still the the one in power anyway. Mm. He's still the man in in this building, even though he hasn't got the the power of the commanders. He's still. A, a higher rank than than her, he can still you know boss her around. It definitely seems here though, even the because these women are all dressed up. They're kind of like the Marthas, but they're working here. It seems like even because she seemed very flirty, and it felt very like they, they have a a lesser yeah, a bit set more of freedom. Rules. Not freedom, but they have a lesser set of rules than the women at the house do. Uh, I meant freedom in the sense of that they can at least seem to say more. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so but then of course he watches. Uh, Offred, go with the commander uh, into the elevator up to the room and he knows what that means he understands it and you see mix of you know guilt jealousy <laughs> everything yeah. the, the, the whole shebang um and so he makes his move on her in the room the commander and it's very very uncomfortable to watch he, he starts stroking her arm and he's like oh do you want this and she's like yes but as he's like kissing the behind her kissing her neck and all that kind of thing she's got tears round in her face and it's almost like this is the first time it's actually like a proper affair because it's not you know it's not the ceremony it's an actual hotel room she's in a dress it's it's more the traditional yeah and just sense. the idea that she was asked even if it was like you know mm. maybe there was false pretenses I, if she'd said no he'd have been like tough you you you're not you don't know but the idea that at least she was actually asked which she never has been before in this scenario. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the the way he phrases that you could you could say is it's very shady the way because he says, "Do you want this?" He doesn't say, "Can I do this?" He says, "Do you want this?" Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. It's yeah. the idea that it's, even if she'd said no, he probably could have still would have done it anyway. No, he would have because he didn't ask if, for for permission. He was just asking if she wanted it. Like, yeah. Uh, at least that's I think that's how his mind would work. But he he keeps just saying, "Do you like this place?" And I almost think, "No, this place makes it worse." Is it because like for for her situation and like everything she's going through? Because think about it, like 
before, okay, everything was horrible, but you might have a shred of something to hold on to, to just like think of the idea that, okay, they're being ultra strict, but they have, on this pure, like, unhuman logical way, this idea, this plan, they want to fulfill this, you know, to repopulate the country and so on, like, maybe you would find some comfort in that, but finding out that they're actually all just a lying bunch of assholes who are doing this behind closed doors, uh, m- making your entire, like, strict rules just feel frivolous, like, mm. You know, it would make it would make you feel worse. It would make you feel like, no, that this is just you on a pubber trip. You're getting to do all of this. You're having your cake and you're eating it too, as it yeah, were. That's definitely. a really crude metaphor for this, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, like, so I get her tear. It's like this is even worse than what it was. Like it was already ter- it was already unimaginable. It was already enough to convince me that yeah, people would try and commit suicide. I can't blame them from trying to commit suicide in this slavery. But it, it now makes more sense to see that she committed suicide after this. Yeah, yeah. This was maybe the final straw. In fact, the fact that we see that flashback in conjunction with this maybe implies that it was that was the final straw. I think that's what it was. I think he'd taken her there, and I think his wife maybe knows. I think mm. that's why she says, "Oh, what do you think would happen?" The idea that maybe she thinks that the the, the people at Jezebel they have it easier because they have got that little bit more freedom to at least say what they want, and she couldn't bear the idea that there were women there that could have a little bit more freedom than her. Uh, maybe I, I don't know if that, that maybe strikes me. I mean, it, someone could feel that way. That that maybe strikes me as a little bit more petty, uh, uh, in a sense, though. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I think it's just like because it stop. I mean, it's it's as horrible as it is without that, right? And it is this this fascist regime. When you add in the idea that all of the the high commanders and stuff are all doing all this old school shit behind closed doors anyway, like the fact that they are just completely disregarding their own rules and having whatever they want. It just yeah. feels like it's less about what's good for the country, even if it's completely inhumane and it's horrible and it's not the way you should be doing it. It, it takes away that entire like facade and it just becomes, no, this is a bunch of assholes with power trips who have modelled yeah. society to benefit them and only them. It, you know, It's the, the ultra... One percent of the one percent of the one percent getting their way, and no one else, in every single possible scenario. Yeah, we spoke. Uh, I don't know a few episodes ago that we mentioned there probably are some handmaids out there who agree with the system to some level. You know, they mm. agree that maybe this is what we need to do to have a population, and maybe the previous handmaid here was one of those. And seeing that the, the illusion was broken that no, this isn't all about this. This is just you know them getting off. And I have to wonder like how many of the wives know about this place. Like because I, I I often I was thinking during the episode like surely as much as it was uh, a little bit more difficult maybe to smuggle in your handmaid he probably comes here a lot. We get the sense that he, you know because Nick has that familiarity with other you know the women and stuff. I, I, it makes me think well he probably comes here a lot and he gets away with it. It's just him. You know it's just oh honey I'm working late and he doesn't have to. How many that. times is he away on business, but just here? Exactly. Yeah. Because he even says, uh, when he's talking about these these various uh, Jezebels who used to be like, pro, you know, uh, not pro, I was going to say prostitutes, used to be lawyers and used to be these other things. Although he did say some of them used to be sex workers. Like, there was a mix of people. Yeah. Uh, but he, he said, like, oh, apparently they're very good to talk to if for some reason you want to talk to someone here. You know, implying that he just comes here for sex. That's what everyone comes here for. Which I think is actually kind of strange from him, given that we've seen so much of his thing with Offred, and presumably, you know, the, the previous Offred was having mm-hmm. a connection. It kind of seems strange that he doesn't want to talk at all. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. 
I mean, maybe he does just like casual sex as well, but obviously the ceremony isn't exactly, in the traditional sense, casual sex. It's a very yeah, yeah, strict it's very thing. strict and organized, yeah, structured. I, I think with him though, with the handmaids, he he does want a connection. He wants it to become more of a more of a thing, where he, and I think again, I think it's a power thing. I think he feels powerful, like being able to give them treats, like a, again, like a dog. Like he has that because we see in the uh, in the car scene where he's talking about, oh, the wives need to be on board with this, and it almost feels like. Yeah, they they don't get to make decisions. We have to sell it to them like mm. this, and it makes him even because in in Joy's flashbacks a couple of episodes ago, it felt like oh he was maybe not too happy that she couldn't be involved with everything, but then we see this side of it, and it's like no, it feels like he really did want her to have a lower status than he did, and her to have less opinions and not be able to input thoughts and stuff like that. Yeah, and then another reason for the the connection is him is he he has to be liked. Like he he can't bear the idea that people you know resent him. I think that that's part of that power. It's the the ego on him means that he he has the power, but he needs to be liked and desired with that power. He, all the same, mm. and or perhaps perhaps maybe even it didn't go exactly the same way. But the last handmaid, maybe this time he is making an extra effort to be liked by her because he doesn't want to drive her to suicide. Like yeah, maybe yeah, maybe ta- that is what's different. He was yeah. stricter before. Maybe his tactic last time was much more of a, a dominant character. Mm. Maybe he like barked orders at her. He maybe he treated her exactly like a dog, but not in like a not in a oh good dog patting the head kind of way. More of a like oh you're not doing what you're told, dog hit kind of thing. Like yeah, like maybe he's changed his tactics because it ended in suicide last time, uh, and maybe that's maybe that's changed. So. Uh, no, fascinating, fascinating from a character perspective. And like, so, so they have sex. Alfred sneaks down to talk to talk to Moira. Um, we find out that she got to the train. She almost got out, but the people that was trying to smuggle her out got shot. And she's like, "There's no point in believing and getting out." And that's when, of course, uh, Alfred says, "Nah, like, got out. Like, it is possible." Yeah. Uh, and she says, "Well, that's great, but he's not here. He's not as we're stuck here." Uh, and She's she's kind of lost any hope right now, and obviously I don't really blame her. Like, there's not a lot for these characters right now in this world to feel much hope for. Yeah. Um, part of me wants to believe that there, there will be hope at some point. That there will be, like, you know, it, I don't buy that in this show for however long it lasts that we're not going to see their kid again. That we're not going to have the reunion between Alfred and our daughter. Yeah, it's too obvious, isn't it? I I, I think. If we've learned one thing from this episode and the the last couple, it's if if you, if you don't see a body, they're definitely still alive. Well, I think even saying too obvious sounds a little bit too cynical. That, that almost sounds like you're you're mocking the. the no, no, I just mean it's it's too obvious in that it's the expected thing to do, so it, it will happen because it's the thing that makes sense in that sense. Well, see, I think you're being too cold with the way you're describing that. Let me phrase it the way I'd phrase it. It's too good an opportunity for character drama not to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mean it in a bad way. I just mean yeah. when it's, it makes so much sense. Why, why wouldn't you do it? So, yeah, I just mean your your wording was making it almost sound like a criticism because it's oh, no, like, no. like you know it's it's too obvious to have to do it. But I just I just want to rephrase that to make it clear that no no it's it's a good opportunity for what what they can do yeah. with it. And so yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's why they're going to do it. But um, no, them reuniting was good, and uh, obviously now that we know she's in play, we'll hopefully see her. Again. Do you know we've not we've not seen it off Glenn? Uh, recently no we had that one episode where she came back and she had the car and she went on a little spree which was glorious but we've not seen her since no we have not and I really I really want to see what's up with her I want to see what's going on 
I wonder if she's like been put in solitary after that. So that's the idea. If we if we keep her away, hmm. we'll feel like oh she has been isolated because we haven't seen anything of her. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, but no. So so we cut we cut to them coming back out into the car. They come home. Uh, again, it's another great moment where you know she's got in the car door and like she glances at Nick and again you feel the you feel the the really specific and unique awkward set of tension that's going on here because they're they're secretly a thing they actually care about each other but she just had to go up and have sex with him like the, the whole thing is just playing off yeah. everything um and then the, the the final few scenes obviously we have the the flashback with the suicide and nick has to come in and like cut her down or whatever but i already spoke about that in in most detail so so the two things that happen at the end, we have a scene with... Uh, obviously, Joy comes back, but we have a scene with Offred and Nick where Offred says, oh, I'll see you later, you know, about our, their, their secret meetings to have sex and just have their, their time together. And he doesn't respond. And she gets kind of... And this is like, by the way, this is a fantastic scene in terms of uh, acting. Like, uh, Elizabeth Moss was just kind of killing it because her slow realisation that he's kind of kind of blanking her and just not responding and then mm. he says oh we should stop this it's dangerous and she's like no it's not and she as she's crying basically says look yeah if I get taken away I might end up in the wall hung but you know what at least at least if I connect with someone if I connect with you someone will care someone will yes. remember me uh, and it almost goes back to that opening scene where she's talking about how she's starting to forget forget her husband and it's like I want you to remember me. I want someone to care when I'm gone, mm. uh, and it's obviously it's it's rough, and it's it's uh, you, you can feel the the pain, and it's like this is the one thing, the one good thing she's had in her life recently is him, and she's trying to hold on to it, and the, the thought of that being taken away is like her one lifeline, and uh, it, it's just kind of like heartbreaking to see. And he eventually kind of rescinds because one of the things she says is a. Uh, Oh, I don't even know who you are. You never talk about yourself. You never talk about any of this. And again, that, that ties in with him trying to keep distant. Like, yeah. sure, he's grown attached to her, but he's done it whilst trying not to by not telling her things about his life and stuff like that. But he eventually admits that, no, I was, I was born in Michigan. This is my name, kind of thing. But she actually rejects the idea. Like, but at that point, she's so upset with the conversation that she. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah, she, she's she's hurt by what he's just done. Uh, and what I kind of liked about that scene as well, the way it kind of ends, is that. She still technically shouldn't be able to talk to him like this, where she basically tells him. I mean, she doesn't say piss off, but that's basically what she does at the end and mocks out. And he's left there, kind of like lost for words. Like he he should feel powerful enough to just like give her a trouble. And he, he can't really because obviously if it he gets him into trouble as well, yeah, isn't it? That's if, the if, problem. If they hear him sounding off at her, of course, yeah. But it's just this this thing where it feels like a real connection because he doesn't then go oh i'm in charge you should not talk to me like that he he feels hurt by what's just happened and regret yeah. and again a constant theme of this episode with nick is regret and guilt and mm. you know these things um so yeah that's good but the scene that i really like at the end is uh so serena joy gives off with a gift and yeah. she gives her this little lock box and she's like here's a key now before she opened it I was like, wait, is she giving her something she can have, like, a private box? Like, you know, just the idea that she can have something that's just hers inside that box. She, yeah, she can... and then you're going, why? This seems too nice. It it does, but maybe this is the start of uh, Joy becoming more human. Because we've seen, obviously, she she was more human at one point, and she's... Even mm. she doesn't have the same rights she did before. We've talked about that a lot, yeah. and how, how the wives are... Even if they are kind of willing into it, and even if they're pretending they're not... Uh, 
like you know be, being shot on by the system they are yeah uh, but she, she she opens the box and it's like a, a ballerina box and i was like now she actually said the metaphor in the next scene which was annoyed by because i was i was going to joke about how obvious it was but they, they brought it up so fair it, enough. that's it isn't it it's like okay our job's here done we, we, we've got nothing to analyze because they, they said it for everyone i know exactly i was going oh because like she's, she's like the little dancing like this is what she just did for him she put a dress on her and she was dancing for him not literally dancing but essentially like yeah she was putting on a show for him because he opened the she, box she's it, doing the part because he's the one with the key Oh, and I was like, and then she said it in the next scene, like, oh, great, now we don't get to sound smart. I know, I know. So annoying, isn't it? Bastards. Oh, uh, dear. Uh, but obviously the metaphor still works, and the idea that she has her own little mirror as well, and the reflective nature of it, is, again, ties back to the him holding up the mirror at the start, the start mm-hmm. of the episode. It's like, he's still holding the mirror, even if he's not literally doing it. I think it's interesting, though, here now, she has control over that mirror. It, it, it's it's something that is hers. She can well, see what she wants. This was a really untri- interesting thing about the scene for me, is that, the, you know, like, the commander takes her out for this night out, and he, he keeps saying, oh, it's for you, it's a bit of excitement, it's a lovely night for you, and everything, you know, he keeps pretending it's for her. But it's not, it's for him. It's for him yeah. to stroke his ego, it's for him to have her dressed up like a an attractive woman, you know, air quotes, uh, like the olden times, as it were, and it's it's all for him. He dresses her up, he takes her out. Everything's for him, but he keeps masking it as this gift to her. Whereas Serena Joy, who we've seen get angry at her, you know, the punishment after the they thought she was pregnant, but it turned out she wasn't. And other times, and we've seen her be a complete cold bitch to her. This 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 little olive branch felt genuine. It felt like an actual gift. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks still the metaphor works from her perspective as well. You know, obviously the idea that she has a key too. So it's, 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 does is she... it an olive branch? Well, yeah, she does in a sense. Like we've seen her get angry. She has power around the house, especially when the commander's away. Oh, I meant literally. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. I meant a key to her. Sorry. <laughs> right, sorry. A... I was going with the metaphor still. All right. She has a key. I was like, did she? Why didn't she have a key? I didn't see a key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is is it an olive branch or is it just no? This is a reminder that I I I'm in charge here. I don't still. know the, the way I read the the facial expressions after because she said thank you and the thank you felt because every time Offred says thank you to the commander, the, it, you can feel the forced acting in a good way. Yeah. Like, it's not bad acting from her. It's, it's good acting because she's emulating the fact that she doesn't really want to say it, yeah, but yeah. she's pretending to. And but here it felt like a genuine thank you and. Joy has that moment of weakness where she kind of smiles back, and then she sort of puts her stern face back on. She realizes she's she realizes she's like uh, exposing herself a little bit, and she you know clamps back down. You no, know, the armor's yeah. back on, um, and it felt like a genuine little moment of connection. Uh, what prompted this from her? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think that's why I'm being cynical because I don't know why she would yeah. be changing. So I'm just I'm just going the cynical route still. It may be visiting her mother. It may be because remi- she spoke about how it was in her, her bedroom as a child. Maybe she's remembering the fact that she used to have all this freedom and she you know because we've been over from before. She's a writer. She actually had more of a, a status yeah. before. Uh, and I just wonder. I wonder if maybe visiting her mother opened something up at least a little bit where she wanted to give her a gift. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's possible. I'm just, I'm just, um, the show makes me cynical. I get that. I get that. But I'm looking for hope where hope, hope could be. And I feel yeah. like, I feel like Serena finally coming to the light side of the force <laughs> is a route that we could be taking at some point. It, it's possible. I, I, I won't, I yeah. won't argue on that. 
Uh, and of course, we end with a offer the rating and the because now she has the key that she can use to scrape into the thing, which makes you wonder if I'm going the cynical side with you was was it a key previously? Was this box something the the old handmaid was also given, and it was the same mm. key that she used to carve into the into the wall? No, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's you infecting with your cynicism, but she she writes in it. You are not alone. Just in case she's not here at some point and someone else comes in. Yeah. They don't have to feel like they're alone, and it goes back to that idea of uh, being strong. But you know, the, the camera pulls back as she's in the in the cupboard, uh, in the closet, and she's like, "I will not be the the woman in the box." Mm. And it's almost I, I felt like it was a declaration, like one way or another, I'm going to fight back. I don't know how yeah. yet, maybe, but I'm not because well, that was the other thing in the scene with Nick when she, when she's there, uh, she's like talking to him about everything. She's crying. She says, "Is is this all you want in life?" Like you know, polish his car and occasionally maybe try and get a handmade pregnant. Is, is this a, it for you? Is this enough? You know, the idea that even he, if he's not realizing it, is again restricted by the society. He doesn't just get to do whatever he wants. Like yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's only those top commanders that actually have freedom because they can yeah. because they have the ability to break the rules. He's not free at all. So and he's yeah. delusional if he thinks he is. Sure, he has more freedom than she does. But again, it's just all these steps. It's just these different ranks of freedom and how much yeah. how much. Uh, rates they have so no uh, I thought it was another good episode of course we're two away from the finale yeah that's that, that's the annoying thing about having got three at once on that, that first week that it feels like I've been cheated out of time with the show I know because I know, we're almost done already yeah exactly it's, but, I, I do feel like I've been cheated out of a few weeks extra of the show yeah, that's, uh, that's Jezebel's episode 8 so that, that was another great episode this, this has been a, a great season so far I, I have little to complain about it's been so strong uh, storytelling wise absolutely so here we are uh, so let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below like subscribe all that stuff helps us out a lot you can help us out a bit more by going over to patreon.com slash TV and see what bonuses you can get over there for supporting us uh, but otherwise guys that is us so thank you very much for watching once again uh, keep watching TV have you got any vanilla